Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey folks, Pastor here. I hope that you had a great week and it's uh, been kind of stormy out. I was going to preach to you, knowing the ark, but I decided not to. I uh, figured you would... Uh, uh, probably catch on pretty quick with that one. But uh, I hope that you've made it through these storms all right. I, I pray that you are doing well. I want you to gather your family around uh, once again. Grab your favorite drink if you would. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 27 as we continue our series in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 27 verses 32 through 44. This morning I'm going to be preaching to you on the topic, Attitudes at the Cross attitudes at the cross. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 32, the Bible reads this way, and as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come to the place called Gagatha, that is to say, a place of the skull, they gave him vinegar to drink mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. They parted my garments and among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, speak to us through your word this morning. I ask, Lord, that if there are those out there that do not know you, that they would come to know you as their personal Savior. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And Lord, with this message this morning, I would ask that you would help us to check our attitudes. Pray that our attitudes would be adjusted to be the right type of attitude towards you and towards the things of you. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sure you've heard this quote, your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. You know what they're saying? They're basically saying your attitude determines how far you will go in life. You know, that's, that's true. 
You've seen people with positive attitudes that may not have had very much talent, but they have succeeded a great deal in life. But what is your attitude? Well, attitude is really your outlook on life. It's how you view life, how you view yourself, and how other and how you see others. Really, your attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about something or someone. And you know, our attitudes are reflected in our behaviors. You know that to be the case. See, so it's our outlook on life which is reflected in our behavior. It's how we view ourselves and how we view others reflected in our behavior. I came across this uh, illustration here, and I want you to think about an imaginary person that I usually call Buford. And Buford, he had given, or he had been given a fully loaded Corvette. And this car had a lot to offer. And, and we tell Buford, if I were to say to Buford, here's your fully loaded Corvette, I tell him, now Buford, this, is, this car has a lot to offer and, and be sure to check out the manual for all the features and this car is yours with no loan payments and I'm going to take care of the insurance and the maintenance on it. You've got nothing to worry about. All that I want you to do is just enjoy it and drive it. Imagine Buford going through all the car's features and, and complaining about them. Power windows, huh, just one more thing to break. Sunroof, yeah, that's notorious for leaking. 755 horsepower. I can't believe they really expect me to put premium gasoline in this thing. He reads through the manual and treats every feature like an item on a list for a reason not to drive the car. Let me ask you something. With this type of attitude, do you think Bob, or Buford I should say, is going to get really far in this car? <laughs> no. He's certainly not going to get too far in this car, and he's certainly not going to enjoy this car. See, you know, friends, this is what we can sound like when we misunderstand or when we fail to recognize all the gifts that God has given to us. See, his attitude was reflected in his behavior. And in this passage of Scripture before us, we see the attitudes of those at the cross. See, we see that these people, just like Buford, they failed to recognize the gift that God was giving to them in the person of Jesus Christ. See, friends, your attitude towards Jesus says it all. Your attitude towards Jesus says it all. I'd like you to observe with me the attitudes that are displayed at the cross. First, I want you to see the attitude of forced service. The attitude of forced service. Take a look at verse 32, if you would, in our text. And it says, And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross. The sentence had now been pronounced, and Jesus was led to the place of execution. Execution always took place outside the city. This was uh, true with regard to the Jews. If you, you can see this in Acts chapter 7 and verse 58. And, and cast him out of the city and stoned him, and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet 
whose name was Saul. This was the martyrdom of Stephen. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Wherefore Jesus also suffered, uh, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. So he was outside the city. See, what would happen is prisoners were generally led through the most populous streets to the place of execution. And the place of execution most of the time would be on some type of highway where most of the people could see what was happening, where most of the people that were traveling could go past. It was, it was a busy place. And see, this was the way of the Roman government saying to the people, this is what will happen to you if you defy our government, if you defy Rome. In our verse, it says that they compelled Simon to carry the cross of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 41, it says, And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. This Greek phrase, shall compel thee, it, it ha, it's from uh, it's a Persian origin. And it means, it has to do with the meaning of a public courier or a mounted messenger who are stationed by the king of Persia at fixed locations. They had horses ready to use to send royal messages from one to another. So they had these different posts, if you would. So if Jesus was saying, so if you pass one of those posts, an official uh, station there, one of those royal mounted men could come out and compel you, force you to go back to the other station to do an errand for the king. This is what happened with Simon. Jesus was showing signs of physical weakness from enduring an all-night trial, the beatings from the soldiers, the, uh, the, the whippings from uh, uh, some other soldiers, and a crown of thorn placed upon his head. And he was showing signs of physical weakness. So as Jesus was showing his frailty of the flesh, some soldiers forced Simon to carry the cross of Jesus. See, no Jew would willingly carry a cross because he regarded it as accursed. And no Roman soldier would disgrace himself by carrying the cross of a criminal. So the soldiers grabbed Simon and made him carry the cross of another Jew. I want you to think about that for a moment. Simon was forced to carry the cross of Jesus. But today, I want you to think about it from this perspective. Today, looking back on that, Looking back on that scene, realizing all that was actually taking place there for us, would you not be the one willing to carry the cross for our Savior? I want you to think about that. And I, I was thinking, I wouldn't have to be forced to carry it. I, I would want to carry the cross of my Savior. I, I, would, I would look at that as an honor to carry the cross of my Savior. What a privilege it would be to help in the work of God because this, in fact, was the very work of God. But Simon was forced. See, many Christians who love Jesus would have jumped at the chance of carrying his cross because what you know now is a little bit different than what they knew then. And see, you see it as helping in the work of God. Let me ask you something. What about carrying the gospel across the street?
What about loving your neighbor as yourself? Well, I, I do. Are you willing to wear a mask for that? That's loving your neighbor as yourself. It's putting our preferences aside. What about being kind to those who despitefully use you? You know, that's also the work of God. What I see that many believers today have to be forced into service. There's a lack of willingness to share the gospel. There's a lack of compassion and loving uh, one another as yourself. We prefer our own preferences. There's a lack of kindness in treating others who do you wrongly. Oh, I'm not trying to beat you up. I just want you to think this morning. All of that is doing the work of God just like carrying the cross. Folks, I want to encourage you. We need to have a willing heart, a heart of willingness to do the work of God. We shouldn't have to be forced into service. We should really have people lining up for service and ready to go for the cause of Christ. You say, Pastor, well, why do we have to, quote-unquote, force people in this day to serve God? Well, I believe there are a number of reasons, but I think it all comes down to selfishness. We want God, church, and service to God on our time frame. See, friends, if we're not careful, we all worship the God of convenience. It wasn't really convenient for Simon to carry the cross of Christ. And I'm not saying convenience is wrong, but my point is that if the things of God do not many times fit into our schedules, then forget about reworking my schedule. God will have to rework his. See, the first attitude that I see at the cross is a forced service. Let me ask you something. Are you serving? Are you serving God? And if you are, is it forced or is it out of a willing heart? The second attitude that I see at the cross this morning is an attitude of indifference. An attitude of indifference. Take a look at verse 36, if you would, of our text. An attitude of indifference. And sitting down, they watched him there. Another way of saying indifference is they lacked interest, right? Jesus is hanging on the cross, dying. Blood is everywhere. He's in great agony. And guess what? These people, they're just sitting there. These soldiers, they're just sitting there. As another man dies, they're just indifferent towards it. They really lacked any interest. They just look at it as another criminal who deserves to die. See, they had been so accustomed to seeing people die on a cross that there was no real feelings at all. You know, matter of fact, if you study this, this account out, this, this historical setting of the crucifixion, you'll find that they're sitting on the ground beneath the cross gambling to see who gets the clothes of Jesus. If you will, modern day uh, vernacular, they're playing cards to see who's going to win and get the clothes of Jesus. Oh, oh I know that Luke says that, that some smote their breast, but, but, you know, but in all reality, it takes more than a, a gesture to save a soul. 
They are so indifferent to all that's happening around them. These men demonstrate what many people in all times and all periods of history are like. They're really indifferent to who Jesus is. They're really not interested in who Jesus is. You know, and it's really not necessary that anybody, that any person be indifferent towards Jesus. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 9 says, That was the true light, speaking of Jesus, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. You know what it's saying? Those who want to know about Jesus will know Jesus. These men lacked any interest whatsoever. They're so close to salvation, and yet they lacked interest. They missed in the death of Christ what could, given, what could have given them life. You know, I, and I look at that, and I'm sure you look at that the same way as I do. Well, how sad. How could they miss the Son of God? How could they be so indifferent? How could they, how could they lack interest? But do we not sometimes have this type of attitude? How many of us come to church like that? How many of us hear the preacher pouring out his heart and we sit in our pews with little to no interest about what's being said? How many of us, when the message is not what we think it should be, are texting or surfing the web on our phones? How many of us, as the preacher is pleading with people to get saved, are thinking about all the things that we need to do or yeah, I wonder what we're having for lunch. Are we really any different than the soldiers at the foot of the cross? Do you have an attitude of indifference or a lack of interest at times? The attitudes of the cross, there was forced service, there was an attitude of indifference. But then thirdly, the attitude of skepticism and unbelief. Take a look at verses 39 through 44. Matthew chapter 27, verses 39 through 44. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and others said, he saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Did you know that in the Bible there was one man that Jesus refused to save? Did you realize that? that there was one man in the Bible that Jesus refused to save. You know who it was? Himself. See, Jesus willingly stayed on the cross and endured the wicked attitudes of the very ones he came to save. They were skeptical of who he said he was. They were unbelieving that he was the very Son of God. Their attitude was reflected in their behavior. They mocked him. They made fun of him. They threw his words back at him. Their attitude, once again, was reflected in their behavior. You may be thinking to yourself, I would never do that. 
Have you ever thought that you and I display the same attitude when we doubt the word of God? We become skeptical. We become unbelieving. Do, do you put question marks at the end of the promises of God? Do you put ifs where God says it's a definite? You know, that's having a skeptical and unbelieving attitude. See, just like these men, these people here, the religious leaders, even the thieves on the cross did not trust what Jesus said. They were skeptical. They were unbelieving. See, your attitude is reflected in your behavior. And the attitude that you have towards Jesus says it all. You know, these are attitudes that should not be a part of our lives as believers. They should find no place in our heart. Do you have an attitude that's having to be forced in the service? We shouldn't have that. We should not have the attitude of indifference towards Christ. That, oh, well, another service, another Bible message, yada, yada, yada. We shouldn't have the attitude of skepticism and doubt about what the Word of God says about what Jesus has said about himself. Friend, Jesus has said that he is the son of God. Jesus has said that he is the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes unto the Father but by him. Jesus has said that we're all sinners. Jesus has said that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus has said that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we can be saved. Jesus said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, friend, today, what's your attitude towards Jesus? You say, well, I really don't know him. That might be indifference. You know, your indifference could cost you for all of eternity. Say, preacher, this, this religious stuff, this stuff of Jesus, I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till I'm a little bit older. You know, the road to hell is filled with a lot of good intentions. Friend, today you can come to know Jesus as your personal Savior. I did that as a five-year-old boy. I realized that I was a sinner. Why? Because Jesus said, all have sinned. And I realized what Jesus said. He said, for the wages of sin is death, that I'm going to die. But Jesus said, look, you don't have to die. He said, but God commendeth, or that word commendeth means demonstrated. God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus said, I've already died for you. I've died. I've taken the penalty of your sin. And Jesus said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as a five-year-old boy, I looked at my mom and I said, Mom, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven when I die. 
and I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my heart and into my life. I've known people that did it when they were five, when they were 15, when they were 25, 55, 65, and it doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you have breath in your body, you can come to know Jesus. He can forgive you of your sins. You can have a relationship with him. Your attitude is reflected in your behavior. Say, not today, preacher. You know what you're doing? Your behavior, you're walking away from Jesus. That's your attitude. Friend, I would encourage you to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Jesus said today is the day of salvation. It's by simply realizing that you're a sinner, accepting that fact, because that's what the Bible says, accepting the fact that Jesus Christ lived on this earth for 33 and a half years, died according to the scriptures, and was rose again. He paid the penalty for your sin and asking him into your life, putting your faith in him. You don't put your faith in the church. You don't put your faith in a man. You don't put your faith in a religious activity. You put it in the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, we say what this is called the sinner's prayer. And again, it's not a prayer that saves you. It's Jesus Christ that saves you. But you may want to pray something like this. In the quietness of your home, or you might be watching this in your car, on your phone. I don't know. You might be listening to this on a podcast. I'm not quite sure where you're at, but wherever you're at right now, you can come to know Christ as your personal Savior. It's simply saying, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner because that's what your word says. And I know that you paid the penalty for my sin because that's what your word says. And I know that you died on the cross and rose again according to the scriptures because that's what your word says. And I'm putting my faith in what your word says in you. I am placing my faith in you, Jesus. Will you forgive me of my sins and come into my life? Friend, the Bible says that if you've called upon the name of the Lord, that you're saved. And if you have, today I'd like you to fill out the electronic connection card. If you would, just click on that, and I will send to you this book called Done, What Most Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible. This is written by one of my friends, Carrie Schmidt. This will help you in your walk with the Lord. And I will send you this brand new Bible so that you can be able to read. I'd encourage you, if we send this out to you, start in the book, The Gospel of John. It's in the New Testament. You can find exactly where it is right in the front here of the Bible. It'll tell you what page it's on. Turn there and start, and just start reading one chapter a day. Please let us know if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior, and I'll be happy to send these out to you at no charge to you. I just want to help you in your Christian walk. God bless you, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. 
Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.